me? I'm uh, more of a cat person myself. My name is Matthew Kroll. And TikTok, Mr. Wick. TikTok. My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the film John Wick Chapter 3 of Parabellum. Parabellum? Woo! I feel like we have uh, we finally gotten onto a train that you've been dying to jump on uh, ever since the beginning of this podcast. If this was a train I'd be jumping on, then I'd jump off it, but I'd catch it with a grappling hook and I'd swing back through it. And I'd kick someone through a window, and then I'd take one of the bars from the inside of the train and spit it around like a bow staff, and then stab it through someone's foot so they're stuck and punch them in the head, knocking someone else back. And I just came up with that on top of my head. Head because I'm so amped up about John fucking Wick. Here's my pitch. You just keep doing that for the next hour. I'll go wait in the other room. Okay, so <laughs> scene opens. Guns. Lots of guns. Um, <laughs> well, Before we get to John Wick, oh, I want to read out some emails from our last episode, which is the entire complete antithesis of John Wick. We talked a little bit about slow cinema last week in our episode about uh, Bygone's uh, film Long Day's Journey Into Night. We've uh-huh. had a couple of emails about it. Uh, if all, As always, you can email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on, on Twitter at onlymoviepod. Uh, there was an interesting thing that happened in that, com- in that conversation and I think... This might need some context, but basically, uh, as we were having that conversation, there was a couple of things I pointed out about the slow cinema movement um, that is uh, that uh, I think I posted on our Twitter feed a couple of video essays about that. Yes, uh, which is a really interesting, fascinating movement. Uh, but we've had some emails because there was a point at which you and I kind of felt like we were on two different trains. I feel like we were talking about two different things, and people have responded to this, Okay, uh, which I which I think is fun. Uh, first up from The Blade. Uh, the Blade uh, says, I get where Matt's coming from. There's not a movie that I've seen that hasn't been moved forward or backwards on the scale of appreciation by my state of mind at the time. I've tried the fake it till you make it method before, and it usually doesn't work for me. Thank you, The Blade. Uh, again, more context. Do you want, do you want to explain what, what it was. I don't think it was a disagreement. I think we were just talking about two different things. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's a little. That's a little thank you and a John Wick reference. Uh, and uh, no, I mean we were just talking about uh, we 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 got into. Oh my God! I can't believe I'm, we did this, but a semantic argument. Uh, I'm always up for semantics. Uh, I've used that joke so many times. I'll be here all week. Thank you. What was the joke? I'm always up for semantics. Oh, for some antics. I get it. Wow, I've used that joke like four or five times. I must have just blocked them all <laughs> yeah. out of my mind. Uh, no, we were just talking about the difference between, like, I, I brought up, which was kind of a side discussion. I went off the rails. I will say that. And while I appreciate uh, the Blade coming to my back and agreeing with the the side track that I took us on, I did move us in a direction that was not exactly the full point I think of what you were talking about and I I basically was talking about like the mood or the place that you are in your life will affect the way that you experience a film that wasn't the point that you were making it's it it, it, I think it's um has to do with but was not the central thesis (laughs) of what we were discussing yeah um but I'm glad I'm hey listen uh I I I'm always up for that discussion (laughs) well it's gonna go on for a little bit here because it's not the uh the blade is not the only person who's emailed us about that what Jacob emails us in and he's just listened to our episode on long day's journey into night and wanted to try to help explain Matthew's argument about mood affecting the perception of film. Thank you, uh, Jacob. Which Shahir didn't seem to relate to that much. Um, 
Suggesting that you two have entirely different cognitive processes. Spoiler, I think you have similar processes, but are focusing on a different aspect of it. So here's a thought experiment. You're both about to watch Die Hard for the first time, knowing very little about the film. In one universe, the love of your life, or so you thought, just broke up with you. In a parallel universe, you are just finished up playing the greatest game of laser tag and are a bit sweatier than you'd prefer. I think it's fairly non-controversial to say that your experience of Die Hard is going to be different in these two universes. Uh, haha! So Matthew wins. Slam dunk. The mood state of you uh, of being that you are in when you see the film can vary, perhaps dramatically, based on the things that uh, that could be in your control. Kablam! But don't exactly make sense to control for when you're seeing a film. But wait. What? But wait. What? What if you, in the above scenario, is a hard-boiled veteran of the film industry, an expert in critique and analysis? No love of your life or so you thought is going to prevent you from being able to take the film on its own terms. Sweat, meat, pocket handkerchief, bam, Shahir steals the show for an easy layout. Wait, hold on. So that's just <laughs> if you are a soulless monster? Is yeah. that how it... I mean, okay, I think, I think that's what Jacob is saying. <laughs> that uh, that I'm a is that wait no he you're the expert hard boiled veteran of the film industry expert in critique analysis right and no, I'm the uh, I don't the other one I don't yeah 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 I'm the you're the other one <laughs> okay uh, 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 going on from Jacob I don't think slow cinema is exactly uh, for him he just watched the film called The Souvenir which is uh, by Joanna Hogg I believe there's a really great podcast uh, right now with an interview with Joanna Hogg and uh, Martin Scorsese talking about The Souvenir ah, across uh, the multiverse yeah exactly Jacob continues but I tend to enjoy slower pacing in the theaters uh, and then later in the future at home so I might take a jaunt to see that 50 minutes se- 15, well, it's 59 minutes 59 minute sequence which sounds super cool albeit only in 2D in my option uh, if either of you haven't se- has seen Columbus from 2017 starring John Cho and Haley Lou Richardson. I recall telling it to be a slower paced film. I saw Columbus based on a, a listener recommendation. It's one of my favorite films of the, that I saw that year. I absolutely love that film. Uh, you should check it out uh, if you haven't seen it yet. I think it perfectly exemplifies the, uh, the notion of slow cinema. And the notion of slow cinema, again, we're getting into a little bit of a sidetrack here, is not necessarily just about the pace of shots and editing. It's also about narrative resolutions and, and staying within a moment uh, without feeling the need to resolve um, a narrative through line, uh, I think, can be part of that slow cinema experience. Whatever you think about it is, I think it was an interesting conversation. You should go back and listen to that episode. Also, Jacob, straight up, uh, I really liked this email. I was playing <laughs> along like I hadn't read like th- I I w- was reading it and it was literally like penned like a roller coaster ride that I really enjoyed. No moment of it was slow in my opinion. Uh so thank you very much. You win uh the best narrative through line email we've ever gotten. And we're sending you an existentialist hug right now. Right now. That's Do what you, you feel won. it? Yeah. Do you feel it? Let's sit here silently and enjoy it. There it was. That was a good hug. And I, you know what? High five. You didn't see that coming, but there it was. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for writing in. Everyone, please write us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at onlymoviepod um, for any else, any other things you'd like to discuss. Any uh, enlightenment, any zen, any Keanu Reeves-esque conversations uh, about life, death, the afterlife. Um, I mean, I did just surfing. pour a whiskey for this uh, because this is a whiskey sipping movie <laughs> all right let me let, let's uh, i mean just I'll, I'll do brief history here is i saw john wick for the first time i believe it was last year and i t- i texted you when i saw it yes uh so we had been doing the podcast i have not i didn't see part two and part three until uh, this week in uh, in preparation for this uh, episode but i will tell you what my opinion of those films are but i'm at 
I feel like you have a history with these. Well, not, see, here's the thing. Not really. You've seen them. Though. I've seen them, but he, I didn't see two until last week. Okay. Um, so you'd only seen one up until I'd last only week. seen one up until last week, and then I had some friends over, and we did a double feature. We rewatched one, and I watched two for the first time. Okay. Um, I When John Wick 1 came out, mm-hmm. um, I was I, I appreciated it, but I was not enamored by it. I want to call it the Wickening. The Wickening. I, I, I like it. Why, yeah. uh, <laughs> get wicked. Um, I think it... It took the stale revenge assassin trope and turned that particular frown upside down. It made it like uh, it made something incredibly stale feel fresh again. It's the equivalent of nuking a bagel wrapped in a uh, wet paper towel, and you can actually make it moist again. Um, <laughs> All of those words sound disgusting. Yeah, right? they are. But that's the thing. It sh- it's, 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 it's here's the point. This movie is so moist. It shouldn't work, (laughs) but it does. Right. And it does it through sheer style, through a little bit of mystery, but not the mystery of the plot, the mystery of the great world building that it does. But mostly it's moisture. And of course, (laughs) these super moist action sequences, especially at the end of John Wick 1, they're fighting the rain. It checks out. No, but like... the, the uh, John Wick has always that the, went back when the first one came out. It was super impressive. It didn't feel like any other action movie at the time because we'd kind of fallen into a bit of a lull of shaky cam nonsense at that point. And this felt so novel because it didn't do that. Like it wasn't nineteen. I was watching. What was it? I was sort of uh, boning up for this podcast. Uh, moist boning up. What are yeah. you? What are you doing? I'm, just, I'm setting what them up. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> just laying them up for the most awful dad jokes you can throw. I'm. I'm I'm staying silent. Please. I know, but you're still referencing. It's too sweaty in this room. Uh, so, but like, I think it might have been Honest Trailers that mm-hmm. brought this up. It's like, what's Liam Neeson going to do now that uh, <laughs> that he doesn't have 15 cuts to show him jumping over a fence? Right. Uh, and Keanu Reeves is, you know, uh, he's had a a, a a very long and awesome career, in my opinion. Um, you know, a lot of highs and lows, though. Yeah, a I lot, mean, a lot of lows recently, like up until John Wick. Sure. Uh, the last thing, the last big thing he'd done was The Matrix. Yeah, but no one, uh, no one, I, I don't think, uh, ever looks at a Keanu Reeves movie as like, oh, I don't like Keanu Reeves, like. Like that's the like he forty seven Ronan didn't do much business. Henry's crime. That's uh, fine, but you can't look. I've never heard someone. I've never heard someone when talking about films being like, "I don't like Keanu Reeves." I've literally never heard it. So email us in. Did you live through the nineties? Email us in onlymoviepodcast at gmail dot com. You tell me if you dislike Keanu Reeves. Anyway. Uh, John Wick was sort of a return to form. I mean, look, I like the meta narrative of the of the film itself and like the the making of it. Obviously, the director is the, his old uh, stunt, stunt guy thing. from The Matrix. So that's uh, Chad uh, Chad uh, Stahelski yes. and David Leach, and the both the, of them uh, yeah. were his uh, stunt doubles. And so uh, they they knew his body, mm-hmm. and they knew sort of like they 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 took what they were. They excel at, and they made it even better. They furthered the art form of action cinema, in my opinion. Uh, now, then, cut to last week when I saw John Wick 2. I don't know why I didn't see John Wick 2 in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those things, I feel like, when John Wick came out, I was like, this is amazing, and it probably got brushed aside for something else I, I don't remember particularly. Mm-hmm. Um but it just, you know, it elevated the story. There was a lot of stuff like they they moved away from New York for a little bit, which again, I'm going to get into a little bit more about the New York centricity centricities of um of these films. But I will say this: uh, 
John Wick 2 felt shinier uh, and more action-packed, but sort of uh, didn't make me feel like the story was going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the trailer for John Wick 3, this is before I saw John Wick 2. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I was like, this just seems like you could put it at the end of John Wick 1 and have it still make sense. Okay. Um, but again, I, I know I know the minutia of the plot, that is not true. Okay. But it almost felt like episode two, chapter two, excuse me, was a side quest. And I have no problem with side quests. I loved watching the side quest. Um, but now, now three is here. Okay. And uh, I, the, 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 the ballet of death, as I will call it, because there's literal ballerinas in this one, uh, it, it, it's, it's action movie perfection in a weird way. It, it, there's nothing to, it's, it's all flash giving you, it's a magician doing flash giving you the illusion of substance. Right. Uh, there's little to no substance in these films other than raw emotion at the basest level and the typical action movie tropes that you've seen time and time again. It's just executed incredibly well and with a certain flair that distracts you from the fact that you've seen this story a trillion times. Or it distracted me, I will say. Uh, I was cheering in the theater i was having a great time i went with some friends the whole theater we saw it maybe a uh you know a couple, five days maybe after it was the people were still like at being raucous in the theater at, a, at a, like a wednesday evening showing um viscerally you know the 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 classic things that during one of these movies or any action movie we're just like oh like you know like when something bad happens to somebody or you cheer when something awesome happens i think god the horse sequence uh riding the horse against the uh the motorcycles uh, in I be- I want to say that was the Bronx. Um, really, really did it for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I and uh, uh, the uh, new additions to the storyline. Obviously, Holly Berry and her her two dogs. That whole fight scene was legit. One of the coolest things I think I've actually watched. Um, and uh, you know, there's parts that I didn't enjoy, which I will sort of get into as we go along. But overall, I am shocked that. Um, that this is a franchise that I am now like actively pumped for. What what's shocking about that? Uh, well, like it it almost it almost um, and I would say I'm more pumped for these than the next example I will give. But it almost did sort of a Fast and the Furious for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, by that I mean uh, the first one happened and I liked it a lot, but I, I must have not liked it a ton because I didn't really like actively go and see in the moment the second one the moment it came out, and then. Uh, I got a little bit wrapped up in the hype, and it's elevated itself more and more and more, and now it's the quintessential thing that it is the quintessential thing of. I mean, the for instance, like uh, Fast and the Furious used to be a street racing movie, right? And now it's just uh, balls to the wall, nutty, uh, save the world scenario and they've embraced the silliness of it this world john wick doesn't have silliness per se or not not in the same way that fast and the furious does uh it has um i i don't know if i'd call it i don't i'll have to coin something by the end of this podcast but stylistic silliness in a sense where it's just dripping uh it's it's dripping just the amount of edgelord that uh you will not hate yourself for enjoying 
And uh, that's a tough knife edge to balance on, in my opinion. Um, Shahir, you've been incredibly silent. My whiskey's looking very good. What did you think of John Wick 3? Initial thoughts. Don't go too deep. Just just go in uh, like, a, like a fine, murderous wine. Uh, I'm very conflicted about John Wick 3, um, which is to say... Uh, yeah, I have a lot to say about this, uh, about everything that you've just said, uh, and a lot to say about this uh, this thing as a franchise and this thing as a uh, as an example of where we're at in the world, kind of thing. Um, I will say this: um, I found, uh, I think, I in order to put it in context, I have to I have to talk about my reaction to John Wick one sure. uh, through three uh, to get to the point where we're at three. So my reaction, uh, the thing I tweeted, you, uh, texted you was that I felt like John Wick 1 was Fifty Shades of Grey for 14-year-old boys sure. when, I, uh, when I first saw it. And which is to say that I thought it was uh, inoffensively silly but pandering directly to a specific audience who are into sort of violent action cinema. And I was once that boy, so I kind of, I, sure. I got it. Um, and, you know... Um, I only wish that the sort of enthusiasm that there was from the sort of critical community for this film was equally there for... We lived in a universe where that could be equally true for films about uh, about sex, like Fifty Shades of Grey, for example. I Not gotcha. to say Fifty Shades of Grey is a great film, but I didn't think John Wick 1 was a great film either. But I will say this. Um, when they got into the house showdown in the first film, you know, when uh, people are coming to take... Uh, yes, the first sort of the, action the set first, piece. Uh, the first action set piece in John Wick 1, I was like... I get what the I get the reason why this film was made. Up until that point, I thought it was kind of silly, um, but you know, like sort of somewhat w- captured some zeitgeist moment that had to do with Keanu Reeves, Reeves and popular culture. But when they got to that first action sequence, I was like, I get why this film was made. I understand what the modus operandi of this film is, which is that it's really, really polished action, like and in a way that is kind of breathtaking. Uh, and it reminded me of um, uh, Robert Rodriguez's El Mariachi, um, Desperado. You know, a film that yeah. like embraces the the sort of tenets of being an action driven and unapologetic, unapologetically action driven film. Um, so I I kind of like I took that first film on its own terms, um, unoffensively enough. Um, the second film, I. I think the thing is the both the second and third film have a runtime of around two over two hours, um, and for me and they they do an interesting thing which is that they take sort of a, 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 an idea that's in the first film and expand it into a larger world, and for me what happens is the thing that was sort of cool about the first film was this sort of less is more approach mm-hmm. where just the littlest hints you got of this big world were kind of really cool and intriguing. Yeah, because they never flesh them out. And the minute they started fleshing them out, I f- I started finding it a li- pretty tedious. Yeah. And 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 this sort of the approach was that it kind of got this more is more uh, thinking behind John Wick two and John Wick three. And so uh, my reaction to John Wick three is very similar to John Wick two, although I think my problem is John Wick three takes the problems of John Wick two and makes them much worse. Um, my issue with John Wick three is. Um, I found there was a real deadening effect to the action in this movie where I was just exhausted and uninterested the longer action sequences went on. And, and what you saw happening in the film is that they each action set piece got longer and longer yes. and longer. Yep. And each of them 
didn't do anything interesting enough for, for me to keep engaged. And by the time we got to, so I had the almost exact opposite reaction sure. to the um, to the Halle Berry thing, which is that I was kind of interested in Halle Berry's story. There was this thing about they hinted at uh, his her daughter being the reason why, why she is where she is and, and this idea that she doesn't want to know where her daughter is, so she's completely abandoned this one. I thought, oh, that's really interesting. I'm into it. But the second it became a shootout, and the shootout lasted like, it feels like 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, it's probably shorter than that, but it just felt like that because it was just so repetitive. Uh, I was just clocking out. And there was this sense, for me, I, I just started clocking out. And, and then the problem with all of that clocking out was, uh, was the sort of broader issue about like the place we live in in the world right now in relation to gun violence. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to pin this on this film. We're going to sure. be doing a bigger episode about yeah, yeah, violence yeah. in cinema that's much broader. Um, and I, I, you know, like after I get through my initial thoughts, I kind of want to go into that a little further here just to touch on it. But I found, um, there was just, I, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I do like action movies. I do like the sort of balletic choreography of action cinema. I love, I love John Woo. I love, um, um, you know, Desperado, I think is a, you know, magnificent film. Yeah. Um, and I recently rewatched, um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as a sort of an example of action cinema kind of done in an interesting way. But I just found there's this thing with John Wick, uh, three particularly where the action sequences just were deadening. And I, I just found the longer they went on, the more I would just clocked out. And I, and the, to, to describe my feeling in it was, I was just waiting for this film to be over. Wow. I just, I wanted to get out of there and I couldn't, I didn't want to be in the theater much longer. Um, I, I, when they, when the film kind of paused to do world building moments where they were kind of talking away, I was kind of getting back into it, but I knew that that, that would just ultimately give way to a, an action set piece. And, and I just, I found those so, uh, Uninteresting. Hmm. I think, and, and to me, it was the pacing problem because I was like, if these action sequences were about him taking out one person or two people or something like that, I think I could kind of get it. And they were shorter. There was an action sequence at the end where they come up against the guys from the raid, which I was like, I I'm kind of into the sort of interesting dynamics of this. But when it's just like multiple people being shot in the head and doing the double tap uh, body head thing. Uh, I I was I was I was clocking out. You know what's so interesting? The the fight between the raid uh, dudes, which I liked as well, was the only time I clocked out. Huh? Because it's so I, fascinating. Because I was just like, because that to me felt the longest because it was the same stuff over and over and over again. Smash through a glass thing, disappear. Smash through a glass thing, disappear. Fight, 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 fight. Smash through a glass thing, disappear. So when the Jacob, other sorry, when Jacob uh, emailed us in and said we have entirely different cognitive processes, he's not we, wrong. We, we might actually have entirely different cognitive processes. Um, like I, so I, you know what I think it might be. <laughs> I don't enjoy – it's weird. And I do want to get into this when we talk about sort of the, the larger issue of violence in cinema. Mm -hmm. Like, case in point, Deadpool, okay? Mm -hmm. Directed De by David Leitch, who directed yeah. the first John Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Um, the second one was yeah, directed by yeah, David yeah. Leitch, yeah. The, the, the violence in that – let's even talk about the beginning of the violence in Deadpool 2. Is played for like a weird sort of comedy, mm -hmm. and it's just there, and it's slow motion, and it's like pure gratuity for gratuity's sake. 
and I don't particularly, and again, this is for different folks, different strokes. Like, do, you know, people can enjoy what people want to enjoy. That's something that I've never gravitated towards. I think the reason why I enjoy the action set pieces of John Wick, and John Wick 3 in particular, I'd like to keep from here on out, maybe we, I mean, I'd like to anyway, as much as I can, keep talking about this particular uh, chapter, because I really, I sort of step out of critical sort of story movie mode in these and I don't do this often in actions in action films and I enjoy watching and just looking at the technical acumen that it took to pull these things off and that's why for instance the 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 Holly Berry Keanu Reeves and two dog fight scene between like a uh, hundred soldiers it captivated me like no other action set piece has captivated me because I was like the difficulty of training these dogs and getting these shots and doing these like amazing sort of uh, I don't even want to I don't it's not acrobatics but like I I don't like the choreography involved in that entire sequence the fact that that that's something that had to be trained and be done like it fascinated me beyond belief and every time I thought like well that's the, the the crescendo of this thing they did something else um, and I, I did find, at least in my opinion, the the they did get longer and longer and longer. But the only one that didn't pay it off, pay off the longer and longer and longer set piece, uh, with more spectacular stunt work, was that fight between the the two raid guys and him, and a little bit between him and Zero. Mm. Um, uh, we're clearly spoiling this entire film. Well, I mean, oh, that that they fight, that he fights a bunch of people. We haven't spoiled anything yet. Um, the the and we'll get into spoilers eventually because there is there is a plot here. But I will say this: this is I I I this is where I'm going to swing back and agree with you. Uh, the more you learn about the John Wick universe, the less intriguing it is. Mm. No question but here's the weird side rub of this again i go back to fast and furious fast and furious shouldn't be more enjoyable because it's dumber as it gets bigger and bigger and stupider and more ridiculous yet i still like it i still like how silly it gets and it's that transitional period that like gets me. I, I can. I'm shifting my enjoyment from one type of thing to another. John Wick One. I was. I loved the action and I was intrigued. I was really intrigued by the world. How does this work? This is so cool. This is slick. It had like a weird sort of like. I'll even go back even further. Like the magic of the setting of the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie before the rest came out. Mm-hmm. There was something weirdly magical about it. Like, you didn't know exactly how it works, and this gold is cursed, and, like, what's going on? This is like, oh, you can you do these coins and you do this thing? Like, that's cool. And, like, oh, reservation for 12. It's, like, slick and weird and, and like, cool. And as we went through this whole thing and we needed new magical MacGuffins for John Wick to find and he goes to his home place and he has to, quote, punch his ticket and he hands in this cross that this is going to be a minor spoiler, then becomes a brand and it makes it so he can never go home again. Mm-hmm. And, like, then he goes to the fucking uh, 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 Casablanca. He's walking in the fucking desert. And I'm just like, okay. Like, and the high table, which is the villain in this one, the the high, mm-hmm. the, the, the ruling class of assassins, I guess. Wow. Uh, you and I really literally had the exact opposite reaction to this movie. Well, what I'm saying is, mm. I, I'm I'm acknowledging that it gets dumb. 
It's not. Here's it, my. It, here, it, it here, does because the more you explain, the more you explain the stuff, the more you realize there's nothing actually behind it, and the the mystique goes away. My my thing is here, and I think there's a really great article about this on uh, Bloody Disgusting, by the way, uh, which is that John. Dot com. Yeah, bloodydisgusting.com. Uh, John Wick has killed more people than Jason Voorhees and Mike Myers combined uh, in all of their movies in three movies. And and I think for me the issue here is he is Baba Yaga uh, is that um, there is just a deadening effect for me to the violence in this movie, which is that it's I think it's unevenly paced and and I've this is one of those situations I, I don't I don't dislike what this film is trying to do in principle and I don't want and I like action movies I found my issue is is that. A, there's a thing with John Wick himself as a character who's become less interesting throughout these films. And then B, I think the the issue is is those action sequences feel like they're about the action as opposed to moving the story forward. And, and the, the same the, the same comparable example uh, in bringing up The Raid again is I, as I kind of felt the same way about The Raid 2 uh, uh, as I do about this. You know, where there's this sort of like escalation of the violence where we're sort of just going for bigger and what can we do that's kind of crazier you know and the violence in this is really gratuitous you know like it is this is a what what's funny is that this is an r-rated movie um but uh you know so uh, it, it kind of it, it to me it like it stretches the indignation of what r ratings mean how uh, so how so uh well if they Showed a penis for one second in a flash. Oh, stack. I see it what you're saying. It would be an N17. Oh, they never show an erect but, penis. But you can stab, a, you can literally stab a person through the eye on screen, and it is okay for kids to come see that as long as you're with your parent. Yeah. Again, bigger, bigger topic, broader topic. Don't want to weigh that on what this film is. Sure. That's, that's the world we live in. Um, but my issue is, is that uh, I think this comes back to our like our first episode, Mad Max Fury Road, mm-hmm. story through action. You know, we talked a little bit about how action isn't about uh, necessarily just about spectacle. It's about storytelling. And in this case, I found that the storytelling in the action sequences was uninteresting. Here's the thing, and I think we hit the nail on the head on what we sort of enjoy between or what I enjoyed and what you didn't enjoy. And I can't say if this is a global thing, but let's just stick with John Wick 3. For me, the action in this film is the story. And I, and by that I mean it's a another part of the like the the meta narrative of the creation of this film is is the thing that I glom onto. And the edge lordy world building slash world breaking stuff is just kind of like a cool frosting. Like I I, I, I So th- let me ask you a question. Yeah. What's John Wick's arc through part three? Oh John Wick's I mean I can read the IMDB no, no, first no, just, and foremost. No, you tell me what John Wick's arc is through part three. He is trying to survive after uh, going off the reservation, basically, and breaking the rules of the assassins. What's order. his story arc? Does he change, survival? Does he change from beginning to end? No, what, he he has not. He didn't change in the first movie. That I, I think I think what it comes down to is that, and I'm fine kind of with that principle, but it's a really long road to get to nowhere. Is ultimately, but here's you know but this, is, this is my point. This is exactly what I just said before I the thing I just said is that the story for me this story and I never went into it for a, a story of personal growth I went into it for uh action spectacle with a actor I really like mm-hmm. and there's room for that 
Um, I do not need... Now, again, Mad Max Fury Road is exactly what you said. It is a uh, story told through action, and that is fucking brilliant. Do, which film is better? John Wick's, any of them, or Mad Max Fury Road? Mad Max Fury Road. And- I think I think you're getting into this thing of comparison here, which I which I just want to stop you on right here, because I don't think that's, that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is that uh, this film could do that, but it doesn't and it's unevenly paced but isn't that isn't that the act of comparison what you just said uh, and i think what my issue here is that the story is on the you know you're saying the story is through is the action there's a difference between through the action and is the action and i think that is the action the the story being the action thing for me is uninteresting here. and that's i I can't argue with that i can't argue what you find interesting or don't find interesting that's not that's not what i'm saying i was trying to say the the there are different things either in a film like Fury Road or a film like this that I find interesting and that I find effective. I think they they work in uh, in different lanes of what I'm experiencing. Right. And I uh, again, and it goes back to you. I want I want all types of cinema. I want things like this. I want things like youth. I I, I always go back to youth. I watch that movie. More than I should. Uh, just I. I want to. I never want. I never want all of John Wick, and I never want all of Umberto D. Like it just. It's. I want the differences, and this was the sort of not you know the, the pendulum swing to the that end of the spectrum where I was like again kind of like it's we've talked about it before, but like right movie, right time. Right. Uh, I just you know I I made an event of it with some friends. We watched the first two. Yeah. Uh, they invited me out to go see the third one, and I was like, oh, like sweet. Yeah. And then uh, we had a great time. We went and had dinner after. We talked about the whole thing. We we and in a weird and this is the other thing too because the story now has lost its myth, and now it is action figures banging together. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Um. But. That didn't stop us from having conversations being like, oh, what does this mean about this thing? Or like, you know, like, how is this going to happen with the high table and who's actually there? And like, what does this person being here mean? Like, again, dumb stuff that is set up uh, too quickly in some, I would say, in some point sloppily. But uh, that didn't change the fact that because of the action itself, it elevated the other aspects of the film that were weaker. For me, for for the full experience, and I can't say that I was bored by any of that because we talked about a lot of that stuff. I still talk about that stuff with other people, right? And uh, again, and and you are what you're into. I I I my thing here is that I like action movies. I I really do. Yeah. I genuinely love action movie. I love action cinema. I love the balletic. Can I ask why? Like, why do you like it? I love physical choreography. I love watching physical. Choreography. And you found the physical choreography here, other than the raid fight, boring. I found it pretty tedious and deadening, as in, huh. as in, as in, I found it to be very loud for one, just as sort of on a physical level, and I found it to be repetitive in a way that was kind of uninteresting. And I, and and the longer they went on, the more I was just wanting this to be over. And and I. I appreciate the, choreo- the the sort of design of this film. I appreciate the sort of world building. I actually really like the way that story elements are kind of introduced in a sort of very light touch way and then expanded upon later. Um, I think that was kind of kind of brilliant about the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there's something about this um, this this jumping from set piece to set piece that ultimately is the same as the previous set piece. And and not being that different, um, that kind of just had this like overall deadening effect. And you know, like to just to to count it, 
you know, he kills more people. It, it's imagine if if um, if uh, Halloween was just going from mass murder to mass murder to mass murder to mass murder without any of the the sort of escalation or anything like that. That that's kind of where I just I felt it was. Deadening. I mean, the difference being, I mean, there's a couple differences between uh, those two sort of, again, we're getting more into comparison stuff, but like a reason why John Wick one worked for me was that the trope of why the revenge was happening was more complex than usual. And also the balance of that film is kind of. Oh, it's way more balanced. Yeah, it's it's, it's way, you know, like we're just not jumping from the sit piece comes in. 45 minutes into the movie. Of course. And and you're kind of like it escalates towards the end. Um. But the I I don't think the, um and maybe it it warrants more discussion. But I don't think the uh equation of like well John Wick murdered more people than monsters did, uh is relevant in irrelevant in, in, in a did you enjoy this film for the action or not sense it's it's <laughs> it's definitely relevant in the conversation of violence in cinema. <laughs> yes, that, that's okay. So the point I the reason I brought that up is that there is just a. Uh, uh, for me, the problem here is that this is a, a film where I think the sort of idea that's going on here is let's give you more, but le- but but the more is less interesting to me be- than you know what I liked about the first one, which is the less is more kind of exp- uh, you know f- expression. And I am not disagreeing with you th- with the fact that that is exactly what they are doing. I am just saying I am able in my interest to transition to still be on board, where I can totally see. Someone like you that th- th- enjoys certain aspects of the first one being like, and okay, like I, 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 I and, and, and understand. And, that. and then again, I don't want to pin the the sort of sense of that in the world, but there is something about the the fetishization of gun violence in this movie that is, in my mind, just a little trickier to swallow. And I again, I don't want to say sure, you know, like I I think. You know, like uh, Hard Boiled, like John Woo's film Hard Boiled with Chow Yun-Fat doing sort of gun fu kind of thing can be beautiful and interesting. But there is something about the sort of way in which this film, I think, um, is fetishizing gun violence. And it's and and I and I think I would be on board for like the idea that, you know, films can do this and we should be able to do this. And there is a beauty in this if it was if the film was balanced in a different way. But it's so heavily balanced in one direction that I, you know, I was just kind of like, I my, the, you know, I'm, I'm nodding my head up and down as I'm, as I'm watching the movie going, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Right. Okay, cool. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and there's so much, there's so much violence coming at you. And I'm like, again, I think movie sh- violence should be, you know, like filmmakers should explore violence and, and violence in cinema. It has the potential to be cathartic and beautiful and wonderful. And, and, and we should not in any way reject it outright uh, on the basis that we shouldn't see violence. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't oh, think yeah. that's how violence works in cinema, but there, but there's a thing in this particular film that. The you know the the only way I can describe it, it has this deadening quality to me. If we're going back to sort of the the, the horror movie versus John Wick thing, right? Mm-hmm. I think a reason, I, and again, I I, I want to talk through this because I, I, and my, I'm, my I'm not rejecting your, no, your no, enjoyment of the film. I, a lot of people enjoy this. Movie. I'm trying to I'm trying to further understand why my enjoyment exists and why I have problems with certain things or certain films and like I don't have it in here or like that sort of thing. That's the sort of conversation. I I know what I feel. I think it's interesting to explore why I feel a certain way. Right. Okay. Let's get down on the couch. Let's do this. Okay. So, um, horror films. 
let's go with any any of the big monster, Jason, Freddy, uh, you know, Michael Myers, etc. Those films are violent, and obviously the kill count is lower. But I would say something that I don't ever, I don't resonate with, and I know a lot of people do, is gore. Right. I don't love seeing torsos like sawed off or like people ripped out of a thing like that sort of thing and uh you know whatever like horror movie gore and i it's weird like because this movie has a lot of that it but here's the thing i won't call john and maybe this is me being desensitized too. john wick three i don't think is gory i think it's incredibly violent really so when they when he hatchets a guy in the head or when he stabs a guy through the, gore through to the me, eye. Gore to me is, and again, this is my definition. I don't know you know, how this would play out. But like, gore to me is like basically reveling in the insides being the outsides. That's what gore, of course, I'm talking about a human being. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. like, that's what I classify as gory. And like, that I will be like, oh, fuck. Like, uh, like I don't know. And it doesn't, it, it has never worked well or made any enjoyment mm. in any sort of horror sort of genre thing for me. Right. I'm, I mean, look, th- I, again, I am not trying to disavow any of the incredible, like, intense violence of mm. this film. And and you even described it as there's a kind of a celebration of the violence in the audience, right? There's a yeah, celebration yeah, yeah. of yeah. it. Yeah, and, but, and, it, and but something I think that this film actually does, and, and, and all of them really do yeah. well, is the more... The more violent deaths are, I, I was going to say uh, weighed more, but I don't think that's it, are, hot, are harder fought to get. Right. The moments where there's a hatchet or a blade or something going in an eye or any of those things, nine times out of ten, there is a real hard physical struggle before that moment there's a lot of quick death no quite i mean it's there's literally a lot of machine gun death in yeah movie. yeah um but i think when it does sort of step its foot into this like this is going to be visceral for you it slows down again slows down in john wick terms to a point where it's like this is more intense i guess the thing is here my my issue is I love how we haven't talked about the plot at all. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I, and I don't. I don't think we're gonna. I, I don't think we're gonna get to because we've got a fundamental difference of opinion on what why why the film works for one of us and doesn't work for the other person. Is uh, fundamentally, I think there is. Um, I hmm, I really like the writer, uh, Derek uh, uh, uh Derek Colstead. I really like him. Um, I really like what he did in the first movie. I really like the sort of choreography of the first film. I really like all of that. It's been the same writer for... They've, they've added writers oh, okay. um, um, to, to it now. Um, and this is a tricky word, to, a tricky uh, phrasing to put it. I'm not sure this film appeals to our bitter angels because I don't know if the director's or the filmmakers involved are kind of interested in the, the, I, I I think the film could be exactly the same film, but have a sense of um, of uh, it feels like what what we're showing off here is how many people can die and how how indestructible John Wick can be and and I feel like that gets uninteresting. that's my that's my issue. I don't think I, I I think what you've just described sounds uninteresting. Mm. Uh, 
I don't think that's well. I don't think that's the entire story. At least again, what I experienced. There's right. definitely angles of that. No question. If, if that was just it, I think I would and be. I, and the problem for me is that I think that happens because of the balance of the film. It's not. You know, like I think. I think you know. Like you said, there's this moment where they're talking about Halle Berry's daughter, and and if and if I don't need to see that story, but if I need to, if 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 I felt that what Halle Berry was doing through the remainder of that action sequence had to do with that story, then I would feel kind of more comfortable with it. So but what's happening the, yeah. is that it just kind of becomes carnage. Well, but here's the thing, and this is where the the uh, mystery machine of the mechanics of the Assassin Society actually plays against it, I think, for you, is because if, if we want to break down the exact here's what happens and why, the only reason Halle Berry helps John Wick is we find out through the sort of meta narrative or not the meta, just the narrative of the story that John Wick is the reason why her daughter is safe. And he, she owes him a debt due to those stupid coins with the blood and the thumbprints. Right. Right. So, so the, the, the silly mechanics of the world are the narrative structure that binds Holly Berry's character to Keanu Reeves, to John Wick. right? Right. So in a way, the story has done its due diligence to be like, it makes sense. She has to do this. There's a whole second movie about John Wick having to do a thing because of these stupid coins. That, it seems to you, is not enough to warrant. You You want, you'd want, and again, I don't think you want to see the story of the, the daughter no, and all I that don't. stuff. But, th- but there's something where you are not willing to hand wave away, uh, I guess, character building at the expense to 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 further expand an action sequence. So uh it's and an action sequence that seems to be in and of itself about the the sort of choreography of in itself where you know you sort of forget why Halle Berry is there. And, and and again I think it just comes down to balance. You know like I think if those if that scene you know and this is just sort of a perfunctory way to kind of examine it but if it was shorter and we were more direct about what Halle Berry had to do to get out of this sequence, um, you know, or, or the sort of dynamics of why she has to get out of the sequence, and we saw the kind of but we knew we, that we see the kind of bigger struggle that she's fighting with in that sequence, but it, it, it's not that because it becomes this like but it's mass not about carnage, yeah, but it, but and, none of that is about her. It's about her repaying a debt, and this is how she's doing it. But he becomes uninteresting like John Wick becomes uninteresting to me in that scene and she's uninteresting to me in that scene but it's not it's, because it's, of it's, the and it's mechanic. because it's because the scene becomes just a sort of like just carnage you know and 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 I and and here's the thing as well is that if that scene for example existed in a vacuum and and say the build it's just that we've got we by the time we get to that scene we've had kind of three scenes like that and then there's going to be four more scenes like that by the time we get to the end of the movie and so there's this kind of like listening effect of everything and it just keeps compounding itself i think the 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 issue i take with and it's not much really but the only issue i take with your sort of description is describing it as just carnage and the reason i take that uh as a little bit wrong is because uh, we by just saying that we're taking away one of the fundamental tenets of why I think this film works and is enjoyable in the fact that to make that scene 
is incredibly non-chaotic. Like, yes, it has a feeling of chaos in it, but the construction of it and how I'm like, holy shit, how did they do this? In 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 all the episodes we've ever done, have I ever said anything to say that uh, we should dissuade the difficulty in making a film and how well this? Oh is no, 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 no! But I'm saying this movie is really well made. I know, no, no. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, we, we. I'm not saying that one of it is right or wrong. I'm yeah. saying I am enjoying the. There's enough holes of 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 things going on, and that the the weight of both of these things, of both the story of the film, and then me watching sort of and being in awe of how the film is being made, is a very nice balance for me. Right, and 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 for me, it's not. It's not balanced. You know? and, that's, and, and 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 there, yeah, it, like the only way I can describe it is. And here's the thing, and I and this is something I don't want to, and I don't think this is a perfect analogy, but it, the film is still fresh in my mind. With uh, Long Day's Journey and Tonight, I mean, the the fact of the matter is, while I absolutely loved the the 59 minute shot, there are parts of that that are deadening. Mm -hmm. There are parts of that that are I'm just like, okay, like I get it, but it's also like, but, but when those things happen in that sequence, I'm like, oh my god, they had to shift the camera. Onto an actual moving uh, what uh, fuck, and then it's me for like five minutes of the camera just moving slow. I'm like, they just did that thing. They just did that thing behind the camera that I don't. I kind of get how they did it, but I don't get how they did it. And it, it's the similar sort of feeling in these action sequences of John Wick, which are again constructed entirely different. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's that it's those when when the scenes have the parts where I'm like, okay, move on. It always fills it with something or a shot or a thing where I'm like. Holy fuck! They did a scene with John sliding across the ground, Holly Berry jumping over a car, and two dogs leaping off walls at the same time. Like it, it like it. A lot of it just constantly blew my mind as to what was possible in an action shot, and that's sort of why that's what filled yeah, my no, time. No, I, 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 I get that that was kind of enough for you. Um, my. You know, like, and if we're going to do comparisons, like, let's talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which has a number of action set pieces. Sure. But all of them feel dynamic, and they're all about story and character, and they're still exciting to watch, and they're incredibly balletic, and there are moments of, like, wow, this is happening. And again, I think the first film really, you yeah. know, like, captures that, like, when, when, to the point where when I saw that first, like, set piece, I was like, yeah, I know why, and these guys are really good at this, and, and they've really figured out and and want to show us something really cool, new, and exciting. It's now by the time we get to movie three, and and that's kind of what we've been doing. And they don't feel like they're varying it up very much. I, I'm 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 in awe of Keanu Reeves' endurance. Like the the physicality he brings to the film should be talked about in the same vein as Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Um, without a doubt, I I think the movie has kind of captured. Uh, somehow, without having to give him uh, much dialogue, the sort of zen-like quality that he has been, you know, um, sort of that that has been a, a mark of his character as an actor for a long There's time. There's a lot of zen-like quality going on in this thing. Yeah, and and so uh, you know, and then um, I think the other thing is as well the other direction you could take it in that I would be equally sort of you know like if that this was the film that we call is like the film also doesn't have its tongue in its cheek about any of this it's very deadly serious i would disagree <laughs> really i think they've gotten sillier as it's gone and not that all the characters do it but even i'm going to go back to zero um the he he, he does played by he, mark da uh, dacios yeah uh, uh, iron chef himself it's it's <laughs> so 
he's he's the he's the breath of fresh air that I needed uh, w- w- in this movie. I I just I needed. He was the thing that I was like, I'm here for you. There's always been a, like a weird thing where like everyone's either scared of John Wick or respects John Wick, and this is a character of zero, the assassin that the adjudicator, uh, who also was was was. I don't want to say it was like perfectly non-interesting. Like the point that I really want, like it's you're supposed to be this over-governing body of like you're not supposed to quite understand it. Played by uh, Asia Kate Dillon, mm-hmm. um, the adjudicator. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she goes and hires Zero uh, and his and his group to go kill John Wick uh, for the fourteen million dollar bounty. And um, Zero is not only a respectful, uh, uh, I guess, foil, but he's a fanboy. Yeah. And there's something like again, sort of taking it to that ridiculous next level that 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 took me. I mean, honestly, look. And then you take that plus him having to walk through the desert and finding like a mythical person like that's part of the high table and like all that mm. shit. Like it's like, yeah, you're you're jumping nine sharks. Like I I get it. There, I guess um, there's an interesting thing there um, that has to do. There's a thing about this film, I, I, you know, it very harken, it harkens back to like the 80s kind of action cinema, you know, like um, uh, very much of Arnold Schwarzenegger's kind of period and um, which has to do with this other otherization of, of foreignness um, that this film kind of, you know, touches upon slightly, you know, like there is an every ethnic group has their own sort of it, every group that is coming at him is bound by and defined by an ethnicity. Uh, and it is kind of defined sort of as an otherness, whereas Wick is the normality of this whole thing. And only and it, because only because the the Russian influence was so prevalent in the first one, and yeah. you find out in this one that he's actually from that sort of Russian. It's it's family. sort of it, it's it's not quite like uh, one of you know it's not quite True Lies for example, but it's kind of it just feels like we're sort of getting into that ballpark. And I guess maybe there's for me is a sense of the carnage is so much so that that people come on and feel like fodder. Um, you know, like like they feel kind of like war fodder uh, when people when when you know like and and the, the the example is when the continental is raided at the end and there are just these faceless masks that turn up and it's just this sort of again it lasts for so long of of just like carnage and 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 it, and it's repetitive carnage and and I didn't find it repetitive. That's like, the thing. I really like for example, I really like Lance Henriksen as an uh, Lance Henrik as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um he from the wire. And I, he I, was I love him in these movies. I just I feel like I was like I want to see what he's doing in these scenes. You know like I, I thought he got a lot we, I mean we, I was we, glad to see him in see action. We see him for a minute and then he's kind of gone for, you know and then like suddenly like towards the end he was like, "Oh yeah, he's out there doing stuff." We I don't you know like, look I don't want to take away from people's enjoyment of the film. People are clearly enjoying this film. is making so much money. It is the 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 conversation touch point that people are kind of come bringing to this thing. I find that the that the there is something sort of disquietingly deadening about it. That's that's, that's the best way I can describe it. I I feel un I feel there's a sort of, like. Yeah, like Mark Mark De, uh, De, Decascus, you know, Iron Chef's kind of uh, presence kind of alleviated that for me, and he was kind of the 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 ingredient I started feeling like I needed. He more was of. peppers. He was yeah. red peppers. He was red peppers. Yeah, and it's 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 just this balance in this film that just feels like we're giving you more is more. And I think that the the while I agree with the ratios you've given, I think if we're gonna go with, keep going with the Iron Chef stuff, the uh, the thing that I'm I'm sad that. 
um, and not sad. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I enjoyed so much and I wish you did as well is the secret ingredient of that is the actual action itself. And what, and knowing as I've seen the progression of these films, why I'm watching these films, right? The first one was kind of a shock to the system. It was, uh, it was, a. Uh, a, a, a semi-moving, incredibly skilled action movie, which had like I won't say like deep character growth, but it had an arc of emotional understanding to it that I was not used to in this style of film, which made it feel fresh. The second one takes that, but then doesn't quite keep it moving enough, but ramps the spectacle up where I'm like, oh, I know where this is going, and I'm still enjoying it. And by the time I got to this one, I'm like, oh, this is just going to be balls-to-the-wall action with hokey but still cool set dressing and a B-movie plot in the back of it that I'm still like, oh my god, what's Ian McShane gonna do? Like, so I, I've been, as I've been going on this roller coaster. I've seen the turns and the things coming up and I've never been disappointed because I know what I'm going for. Right. Um, if, if this movie, uh, <laughs> if for whatever reason, the press of this movie or the trailers or whatever, like made it seem like the most emotional journey for John wick. And we're really going to get into like what, like beyond the wife and the dog and like all that stuff. And then I saw this movie, I'd be like, fuck you movie. But that's not, what they're selling me and that's not what i'm expecting and i just you're you're in for the ride i'm in for the ride um and and i'm I, and i and this is sort of going to bring it back a little bit to <laughs> more of a um <laughs> a business perspective but i'm an educated consumer right uh it's not lying to me and I know what I'm getting, and it and it and it ups. So it I I got more than I thought I would out of it, yeah. and I again I I like I really like this conversation, and I'm I um uh, I'm well I I want you to enjoy films. I'm kind of pumped that you didn't because because here's the thing: we could go if you say you love this movie. Mm -hmm. We would just be going back and forth about the technicalities of it and maybe one or two, two like neat sort of like, oh, and this is an interesting aspect of the Assassin's Guild. Right. That's not an interesting conversation. Like yeah. that I, again, it's a fun conversation. I enjoyed having that conversation with my friends over dinner. That's not something I particularly want to record and put out on the internet because who gives a shit? Right. What I like is yeah. sort of what we're doing and trying to dissect. I mean, I I don't even think we're trying. You're you're very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're very uh, clear with what and how you enjoy things like this and how you didn't enjoy this because of A, B, and C. And that's all very clear to me. I'm enjoying sort of that being the foil to me and trying to figure out why all of those reasons w didn't affect me and what is the reason why I still enjoyed it. And I think I kind of did through yeah, this conversation. I, you're, you're, you're very clear about what you enjoy and what you like. And I, um, you know, I think, uh, as I've always said, uh, I don't want to be the dampener on anyone's party about this movie. You don't want to make it moist. <laughs> uh, I don't want to. I don't want to sweat into this into your pad uh, and make this all moist and a mushy mess uh, that you have to squish up into a ball and hold and potentially have to throw at someone if you have to escape a scenario. John Wick uh, Four. John Wick uh, Four. Moist mess. Yeah, the moist uh, <laughs> the moist paper towel. Um, I you know like I'm I'm kind of. Um, I'm happy for Keanu Reeves to have, I think there's a thing when you get to an actor of his age, uh, in terms of like finding a franchise that mm. can sustain you for many years to come. Um, and you know, like, uh, uh, I do remember, uh, you know, like the thing about 
Keanu Reeves, as his early career Keanu Reeves, was painted as a sort of dim but beautiful man. Um, and you have to think about, you know, him appearing in Much Ado About Nothing, him appearing in Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, you know, and then Bill kind and of, Ted. You know, kind of playing off the basically Bill and Ted kind of followed him around for a long period of time. And it took him, I think, speed to kind of shake it. And then the Matrix to kind of really create this new sort of persona out of it. And I don't, you know, what's cool about him uh, uh, is that I don't feel like any of this is uh, manufactured. I feel like it is a sort of authentic representation of who he is. He seems like a very genuine person. You know, the sad Keanu meme is very true. But every, yeah, every interaction I've ever heard of from him, and that, you know what's interesting? Sorry, I don't want to cut you. This is a quick aside, but it's also to your point. I think because it's Keanu Reeves is another reason why it works for me. Yeah, like, there is a, there's a connection between the sort of... Um, uh, sense of yeah, zen yeah. that I think kind of plays to the sort of character of John Wick, the kind of uh, haunted assassin. Um, and, you know, uh, obviously uh, Keanu's actual true story yeah. is, is, is uh, uh, plays into that. We won't talk too much about no, that. No, but, but um, he's, he has, yeah. he's had some stuff happen to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I really like Keanu. I, I really liked that first. I, I, I sort of felt that, uh, that first film kind of pandered in exactly the right way I wanted mm. it to pander. Um, and I think what's happening here uh, is that we're, I, I, we're, for me, the cake is being overstuffed into my mouth and, and, and I'm kind of feeling uh, a little distaste, uh, you know, about the whole thing. It's and, going nine fast, nine furious on you. Yeah, exactly. And, but I, you know, um, and and I, you know, like I, I brought a book here about violence in American cinema that I wanted to read a quote from, but I don't think it applies now. And we'll talk about this later. I think, yeah, I'm looking a, forward to that to that, to that in podcast. Our, in our in our violence, uh, we've been planning an episode about violence in cinema uh, for a while. But yeah, there, I, I just can't, and I'm not going to deny the feeling that that the longer this thing went on, uh, the more I just kind of was hoping it to vary up in tone and to vary up in pace and to kind of surprise me instead of just sort of um, seemingly bash me over the head uh, repeatedly. And um, and I have a high tolerance for very long, uninteresting films. I have a very <laughs> high tolerance. Uh, I can watch very long, very slow pieces of cinema. Um, and And the problem here isn't isn't what the genre and it isn't the technicalities and it isn't the people involved and it isn't the style. It's the, it's the lack of variation to what this thing is at this point. I see. And that again, and I, I, we've gone back and forth. I don't want to keep going. I was going to say, I would say that I, I disagree with the lack of variation. That's the, the only thing, uh, uh, because I did feel like the not only did the scenes vary, but they they escalated according again just for my taste, and I totally get that they didn't for you. Um, I uh, I but uh, overall, uh, I I dug the hell out of this conversation. Mm -hmm. we're, just full full disclosure, uh, listeners at home, we're doing this very very late in the evening, yeah. uh, and I'm surprised how cognizant and and <laughs> and kind of uh, uh, good job us. <laughs> I hope I hope we're like that on most episodes. No, we are not. Um, if depending on which side of the coin you <laughs> land on, uh, you should email us in because I I really feel like I'm going to be sailing in the only boat in this direction on this movie, as far as I've read. Um, uh, please email us in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at onlymoviepod uh, with your feelings about John Wick. And I feel I, I know this is going to be a film that generates a lot of conversation uh, in our Twitter and and um, uh, yeah. via our email. And I'm I'm very interested to see if 
anyone can change uh, my feelings about it. Um, well, if I can't, I don't know. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this has been the only podcast about the film John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. 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 Par- Shahir, when you are not casting a, uh, a, a life buoy out into the sea of the internet to see if someone can save your two and a half hours when you watch this film for your enjoyment factor, where can folks find you? You can find me sailing alone into the wild uh, at my uh, website, www.shahirdad.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D. Matt, when you are... Uh, climbing from a rooftop to jump down into an entire barrage of enemies for which you can bat away with a single critical thought for over an hour. Where can people find you? You can find me uh, thinking I'm back rolling nat 20s at M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com for my life and works. Also Skeletor the number four P-R-E-Z on Instagram and P-S-N and Emperor M-S-K on Twitter. Also go check out our good works over at uh, the old extra credits machine. Again, I pitched it last time, but it actually came out the day of the recording. We did a wonderful episode on the cool shove effect and how it affects cinema, but also how it uh, could be used with gaming. Uh, so go check that stuff out. And with that, next week we are covering a good old fashioned Netflix film. Yeah, we can even say it right now. If you are, uh, if you have Netflix, which I presume you do, uh, please check out Stefan Bristol's film. See you, see you yesterday. Yes. Am I saying that right? You are saying it Not correct. See you next day. No. See you yesterday. <laughs> see you next day uh, no uh, yeah i'm pumped to talk about that too uh it, it, it's uh it, i'm it, i got lots of stuff we got lots of stuff to talk about there uh as always email us in loved having you uh please don't get shot he's loved he's loved having you loved having you uh listen to us uh <laughs> you know how you said we were kind of cognizant it's all falling apart i'm thinking we're gonna go to sleep oh.